Father God, so, thank you so much for this time that we get to come before you. Um, Lord, I hope it's in a state of rest um, that we get to come before you, not rushed, but a chance to breathe, to be reminded of the gospel, and Lord, to be reminded who we are in the midst of the gospel. Uh, Lord, as we start this new series, um, I ask for honesty. Ask for change uh, for myself and for others. In your son's name, amen. Uh, have you ever had a salad? Yep. No. Raise your hand if you've had a salad. Some of you. Um, you've pretended to eat healthy. Um, I love how Ron Swanson puts it, my uncle. Um, uh, it's a salad, that's what my food eats. Um, what's, what, what's on your salad? So explain your salad to me. What's what makes, makes a salad? Ben, go for it. Lettuce and croutons. Steak. Yeah, croutons. Steak. Croutons. Um, okay, so you have green. You have lettuce, croutons. Grilled chicken. No. Yeah. Okay, so we yeah, throw meat on our salad. So I heard steak, grilled chicken. Bacon. We're not Bacon. God bless America, right? Like, we gave two things to the world. God bless pigs. Freedom. Bacon on a salad. No, seriously. Someone, someone explain a salad to me. Ranch. Ranch? A mixture of lettuce and other materials. And carrots. Little carrot circles. Little carrot circles. A desperate attempt to have veggies for Tomatoes. Give me some dressing to put on these pages. Caesar. Vinaigrette. Tries of Caesar, a little blue cheese on the back there. Honey mustard. Honey mustard. Okay. Um, that sounds good. I eat that, and I, I do eat that regularly. Um, but that's an American salad. Like that is that is an American salad. Anyone have ever had a real salad? And maybe, what is a real salad? Let me give you the ingredients to a real salad. You get some greens, not just lettuce, some spinach, kale, card, arugula, iceberg lettuce if you must, and you chop them up into smaller bits. And then you cut some tomatoes, carrots, onions, red peppers, purple cabbage, add some nuts, some dried berries, and sprinkle in some pecorino Romano cheese, and finally drizzle over the salad some good olive oil. Not the cheap stuff, some good olive oil, which somehow brings the taste of each item to its fullest. Surely, this is what God intended when he invented the phrase mixed salad. That is a mixed salad. In America, we take our lettuce, our croutons, our bacon bits, um, or whatever other like healthy stuff we want to pretend we put on the salad, right? And then we smother it with whatever dressing we want. So the salad doesn't taste like a salad anymore where you're getting the different flavors. It tastes like a, a ball of ranch <laughs> vegetable, right? Or a ball of like Thousand Island vegetable. Like crunchy ranch. Like that's, that's, that's an American salad, but a salad, if you do it right, you taste the symphony in your mouth, right? Where, like, 
It's the olive oil that you screw, put over it that brings out those flavors that kind of gives you this pop. Okay, AJ, why are we talking about salad? Like, why are we, why are we talking about salads? Scott McKnight uses the salad analogy in his book, A Fellowship of Difference. And I think it really is a good analogy for the church. You see, the American salad can look a lot like the American church. What do I mean by that? It might have different ingredients, but for the most part, when you eat the salad, it has the same predominant taste. Due to how you've smothered the greens with your favorite type of sauce. So while there are different ingredients in an American salad, they've been smothered by the desired taste they are hoping to achieve. And we see this in the American church. Now, most churches in America are comprised of one race of people. Vast majority of 90% of churches are made up of congregation where over 90% of the people in that congregation look the same. You see them just not in, in um, you know, predominant churches. You see them also as Korean churches, as Hispanic churches, as historically black churches. We can't have a white church that would be racist. Everyone else can have their own church. We just call the white church evangelicalism. <laughs> right? Yes. Like if we're being honest, <laughs> yes. like you walk in the vast majority of evangelical churches, white people. That's cool. Again, because over 90% of churches in this country have congregations where 90% of the congregations are made up by one ethnicity. One, one salad topping or dressing, as you might say. Most churches are also dominated by one social economic group. Even though many times the impoverished live right next door to the rich, they would not enter the same doors on Sunday mornings. Most churches in America are dominated by one political party. And to wear the images of the opposite might be called a cardinal sin when you enter the door. Churches, there are churches for introverts. There are churches for extroverts. There are churches for hipsters. There are churches for hymns only. There are churches for coffee drinkers, for tea drinkers, and beer drinkers. And you will find those churches in every city in America. Just Google church and what you would desire. Because we find the dressing we are most comfortable with, smother ourselves in that dressing, and only invite others to the party that also like that dressing. But that's not Christ's church, right? That might be our church, but that's not our community. That's not... Christ's community. And that's going to be the, the title of the series as we move forward here in the next few months is, is Christ's community. Because that's our title, right? We're Christ's community church. But are we Christ's community or are we just the community that we're most comfortable with? You know, how does Yak reflect Frisco? Or prosper, or little Elm, or the different areas of the front. Do we just come together because okay, we're comfortable? They all like ranch too. Um, our passage tonight is Galatians three twenty four through twenty nine. You're welcome to go there. It's a good verse. Galatians three twenty four through twenty nine. 
I'm going to read it for you if you're not in your Bibles. I'll give you a moment. Here's what it says, starting in verse 24. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Jesus Christ, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there's no race, there's neither slave nor free, social economic standing, there's neither male nor female. There's no genders in the sense of, okay, I can only be part of this group because it's the male's club or it's only the female's club. Okay? For we are one body united in Christ. We are all heirs to the promise. Again, we're going to be spending the next several months exploring what it means to be Christ's community, the church. And we have to ask ourselves what are changes we have to make as a youth group to better fit in line with the title that we carry, which is Christ's community, and what changes we all need to make personally to fit better in Christ's community. Because we do need to make changes as a group, and we do need to make changes as individuals. And sometimes that's big picture to small, but many times that's small picture to big, and we're going to explore those in the next um, few months. Know that there are changes coming just in the way that YAC is structured. I mean, those things are are being planned and put in place and move forward for even as early as the fall. Um, but, it's, again, I say this all the time, if you've been with me long enough for any period of time, and that is this is not AJ's ministry. This is your ministry, and I'm here to help you minister to those in our community. Um, so if it is your ministry, how do, how do we think through this, right? How do we become Christ's community? So what are we going to look at today? Here are the three things, three bullets. They're quick. We've done in like seven minutes. One, what did the early church look like? Two, who are the people I am blind to? And three, we're just going to begin a dream. Dream big. One, what did the early church look like? Two, who are the people I am blind to? And three, it's just dream big. So number one, what did the early church look like? And the early church looked a lot like a real salad. Scott McKnight states it um, in his book. For a good salad is a fellowship of different tastes, all mixed together with the olive oil, accentuating the text of each. The earliest Christian church, church man, were made up of folks from all over the social map, but they were formed a fellowship of different tastes a mixed salad of the best kind. Look, the early church probably met at a home, maybe 30 or 40 of them. Okay? The homeowner, his family, a couple slaves from down the street, some tenants from rented houses, a couple homeless people, you know, and then you throw in a community leader and a prostitute for good measure, right? Like, that was the early church. They were a very mixed group. Okay, you can answer this question, believe it or not. Did they agree on everything? No. No. Okay, 
was conversation sometimes very awkward and hard and weird in between them? Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Was life hard? Yes. Yeah, it's first century Rome. But that's what it means to be the church. This is your kind of quote tonight. Scott says this, The Christian life is not just about how I am doing as an individual, but especially about how we are doing as the church, and how and what I am doing in that mix of others called the church. And we'll talk about that more as we dive into, we've already talked about it some in the fall, but this idea of we live in a very me-centric society, it's all about self and you um, and and how you are perceived and express yourself. That was literally on us. Even my water bottle tells me to express yourself. My water bottle tells me to be my individual because I'm the most important person, right? Everyone wants to see the picture I draw on my water bottle. Hey? Like, I know. I'm, you know? But we miss that. The church is, is us. And when's the last time we asked, how are we doing? Not how am I doing? Okay? And we miss, in the process of just being so focused on us, and I do this too, we miss people every day. Mostly because we assume they are not like us and therefore won't like us. So too, we have to ask the question, is who are we blind to? Who are we blind to? This will be the first... Only time we talk about this subject, but I just want to introduce the concept to you because I want you to be aware of the people you might be blind to in the coming weeks. Look, there are people we miss, whether it's in your class, or your co-op, or your choir, or your drama club, or your sports team, or yada, 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 right? There are people you miss, okay? You might not be able to tell me their names, and even if you could tell me their names, you literally couldn't tell me two things about them outside of the description of what they're currently wearing, right? Like, we just miss people. Like, they don't exist. Why? What makes us so willing to be blind to the people around us? Is it fear on our end? Or do we just believe someone isn't worth our time? Would we be comfortable if someone who was clearly depressed walked into Yak? Like, what are we going to do with that person? Like, would we reach out to someone who was, like, super shy and in the corner all the time? Would we reach out to someone who, like, is a little scary looking? Like, I don't know how you got that tattoo, you're 11. Like, would we reach out to those people? Or would it take someone walking in and looking and acting pretty much exactly like you for you to be comfortable engaging them in conversation? And why is that? What type of salad are we? And then the better question is, what type of salad ought we to be? And last, let's just stream big. You know, we're going to enter. We're not transformation groups. We're going to do all transformation groups in here tonight. And we're just going to talk through some of these bigger ideas because I want all of Yak to be thinking about this. We need the new sixth graders' input just as much as we need the 12th grader who's been here since its inception. Like, we need everyone's input. So as we discuss this idea of what kind of salad we want to be, um, 
let's think about this and let's be honest. So what would Christ's community look like if we began to not miss people? If we began to know one another, if we began to pray more, if we were more involved, if we were more vulnerable, if we didn't wait for someone to know us, but we sought them, if it was a safe place for literally all walks of life, what if there is neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free, no male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus? And if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So let's talk about this in kind of one big transformation group at this point.